Hi, everybody. So tonight's topic is the Machoikas of the Rambam and the Ramban as it relates to Karbanais. And if we have enough time, perhaps we'll connect it to, to davening. So to start at the beginning, the Rambam in two places in his Guide for the Perplexed in the Marnevuchim discusses the reason for Karbanis. So both of them are in Chele Gimel, in the third part of the Marnevuchim, where the Rambam goes through various reasons for the mitzvahs. The Rambam says that the reason for the institution of the Karbanis is because of the fact that the people needed to be weaned off idolatry and all of the attendant sacrifices that went along with it. Many idolatrous cults, many different types of avodazar were really sacrificial cults to various different things that people thought were worthy of worship. And the Jewish people needed to be weaned off this notion. The Rambam points out that you cannot wean somebody off something immediately. You have to slowly get them accustomed to living without whatever it is that they're accustomed to. We're getting near Pesach, so Chazal point out, that when the Jewish people were put into servitude in Egypt, they weren't put into servitude immediately. It was a part of a process where initially Parai and the other notables in Egypt went with the Jewish people and began to work in an effort to show that this is something laudable, notable, something that somebody should want to do. And it was only later that it became only for the Jews. In the same way, says the Rambam, since the people were so accustomed to the idolatrous cults that existed of their time, to tell the people that we have a new God, and this God, he doesn't require any sacrifices. He doesn't allow you to build any altars. He doesn't want any temples. It would be very difficult for the people to get used to such a God. So the way we get used to such a God is by slowly taking them off the sacrificial cult. Now, how do we do that? By creating, as it were, a parallel area of sacrifice, of temple, of altar, of incense, all the things that exist in the idol worship will be now put to use for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That is the basic proposition of the Rama. There was a book written some years ago by somebody who recently got in trouble. Uh, with he was, a, he, he was, he is a professor at MIT Business School. I don't know in the end how it resulted, but he had a, a book, the entire book was dedicated to, he was himself was a, a survivor 
um, from the Yom Kippur War in Israel, he had been in a tank that had been incinerated and he had burns over his whole body. And for, for literally years of recovery, he had bandages that had to be taken on and off. And he would think about, does he want the bandage to come off quickly or to come off slowly? So the Rambam is making the argument that the best way to ideologically situate someone is not to take off the bandage quickly, to take off the bandage slowly. Says the Rambam that if you were to say, but it's a pretty weak reason for Karbanas, it's a pretty weak reason to have a Beis Hamikdash, it's a pretty weak reason to have Kahanam and Levim, it's a pretty weak reason to have him as Beichais, says the Rambam, I'll prove to you that HaKadosh Baruch Hu believes that weaning people off something is very important. And again, it relates to Pesach. The Rambam brings Azariah the beginning of Paras B'Shalach. What happens in the beginning of Paras B'Shalach? Kodesh Baruch Hu chooses against bringing the Jewish people to Eretz Yisrael in a direct way. Kodesh Baruch doesn't want the Jewish people to go directly to Egypt, uh, directly from Egypt to Israel. Why? Because they're going to see war. And these are people that are not accustomed to war. These are slaves. These are people accustomed to menial labor, to backbreaking labor. And now they're going to see war. Now they're going to see the Lideha Anach. They're going to see the, the giants of Chevrain. They're going to run away. They're going to not be able to manage such a sea change in what they're being asked to do from being asked to plow a field or to build a city to now being asked to carry weapons and armor and, and, and fight seems to be a step to remove. Therefore, HaKadosh Baruch takes them on a circuitous route. And the circuitous route is essentially to be able to wean them off of being a people with an enslavement mentality, with a slave mentality that they are sheep to be slaughtered, and instead to have a free people. And, points out the Ramam, that the generation that comes into Eretz Israel is effectively a free people. There wasn't anybody who had remained from the generation that had left Egypt. They had all passed away in the desert. So therefore proves the point that Hashem wanted them to be weaned off. I think the problems with the Rambam, and, and then, by the way, the Rambam calls this in Arabic, I don't know how to pronounce it, but the translation to Hebrew is Harama Elikis. It's a, it's a godly trick to be able to wean the people off. It's a bit of a trickery way because you're taking something that they are accustomed to do, namely sacrifices, and utilizing the sacrifices for something good, even though it doesn't have any value of its own, it's being used to be able to remove them from their idolatrous cults that they are all addicted to. The, the, the problem with the Rambam is fundamentally that seems incorrect. Not We'll point out the, the fundamental issues that the Ramban points out later. But just on these points, that the people have a slave mentality and that traveling in the desert was going to rid them of that, the reality is 
that there was no plan to stay in Egypt for 40 years. The plan was to come into Israel immediately. After Har Sinai, the Jewish people <clears throat> were not um, supposed to be loitering in the desert for 40 years. They were meant to be coming in. They were meant to be traveling around, and eventually they were supposed to come directly in. They took a circuitous route, no doubt. But they weren't meant to be hanging out um, after they built the, the Mishka, they were meant to come right directly in. They were not meant to hang around uh, in the desert for the 38 years that they did. So that's number one. To say that there was a, an idea of getting rid of the slave mentality is fundamentally untrue because the people who were coming in, they still had a slave mentality. So you could say, well, they lived, and the Rambam does attempt to, to avoid this problem by saying, well, even the people who were in the desert but they were there for you know two years, where they, you know, were able to be uh, not being under the yoke of the Egyptians, and maybe that's why they enabled themselves to become less slave-like. Additionally, there's a more fundamental problem. The more fundamental problem is that whatever it is that uh, the circuitous route did, what it didn't do was it didn't make the Jewish people become less afraid. The Jewish people were just as afraid after the spies' report in Parsha Shlach as they were in Parsha B'Shalach. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu understood that the Jewish people would run away and back to Egypt, so therefore we had to take a circuitous route, and it took two years, that didn't help. When they eventually got to Eretz Yisrael, and they're literally going to be crossing, and the spies have given their report, they want to they want to go right back. So the idea that weaning them um, was the purpose seems to be um, lost in effect. So, But as a question on the Rambam, the Rambam would say, it's not a problem for my pshat, because at the end of the day, that was the intent. The intent was to attempt to wean them off by doing this circuitous route, by taking them away in a different manner, by having them be in the desert, having all their needs being taken care of. The fact that it didn't wean them off in the end, that's the problem. Nope. What are you going to do? But it's not fundamental. It's not fundamental to, to what the attempt was. The attempt was to wean them. The fact that the attempt didn't work, no, nope, it didn't work. But that's not, that's not going to challenge the idea that that was HaKadosh Baruch Hu's attempt as it were. This is reason number one of the Rambam to explain why HaKadosh Baruch Hu instituted Sefer Vayikra, why we have, why we have these kinds of uh, karbonis being promulgated as a law when they don't seem to have any fundamental need for them. The Rambam is clearly of the opinion that they are not fundamentally needed, they are there as a means to wean the Jewish people off their idolatrous sacrifice. That's reason number one. If you go, if you go another 10 uh, odd, uh, this is Chele uh, Gimel in Parak Lamed Beis, and then you go to Chele Gimel, Parak Membav. So in Parak Membav, 14 uh, um, chapters later, the Rambam gives a different reason. The Rambam gives the following reason, and he says like this: 
And this reason seems on its face to be almost contradictory to what he says here, but in the abstract, it certainly makes sense. The Ramam says that the Jewish people were in Egypt. And in Egypt, they worshipped the sheep. We remember back in Parashas Miketz, when the brothers were going to dine with Yosef, the Pesach tells us that they all, sat they all sat separately. Why do they all sit separately? Because of the fact that they cannot eat together. Why? Because it's a ta'eva. It's a ta'eva for Mitzrayim to eat. And we learn that it's a tear for Egypt in Paris Vayigash, why the Jewish people are going to be situated in Gaishan, because it's a tear to the abomination, because in Egypt, the sheep was put on a very high pedestal, it was deemed very holy. And the Rambam points out, that it's the sheep here in the in the Sabians in, in Asia Minor, it's the goats that they worship the goats. They thought the goats were some sort of demon. That's why the Apostle And he points out that the Indians in India, even to this day, the mother cow, the Indians consider the, the cow very special, very holy. And it's allowed to walk freely around and block the traffic because it's a very special thing, like a god. So he says that there are many, many religions that respected the cows, the goats, the sheep. And the reason that HaKadosh Baruch Hu instituted the requirement of sacrifice, of karbanais, was in order to specifically show that this was inappropriate that this was incorrect. The Rambam points out specifically about the Yontif that we're about to celebrate. Come Pesach, we had a specific mitzvah to take the sheep and to sacrifice the sheep. But you first had to take the sheep on the day number 10. And you had to keep that sheep there on the day 10 and 11 and 12 and 13 and 14. You had to keep that sheep there for five days. Why? Because you had to show the Egyptians that the very thing that they view as holy and that hurting it or harming it would cause destruction, death. No, that very thing is going to be killed. Harming that thing is going to provide life. Taking the blood of that animal and putting it on the door, but that's going to actually provide life. So you take what they consider holy and sacred and you destroy that. And so when Moshe Rabbeinu had said to Parai that, well, I can't, because Parai suggested to him, maybe you should take your holiday in Egypt. So Moshe Rabbeinu says, hey, Nizbacha, right? They're not going to stone us. They're going to stone us. If we shech the, 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 the sheep in Egypt, for sure they're going to stone us. So this is the total denouement of Egypt is the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is mandating the sacrifice of the sheep. It's not merely a sheep. It's not merely a carbon. 
We need to remember that on Pesach, when HaKadosh Baruch was telling the Jewish people, right, and the people are going to take the sheep in front of the Egyptians, the whole idea is to show that we do not value your God, we hold that what you consider to be holy is abominable, and we are going to show you to your face that we think very low of what you consider to be spiritually um, uh, on a high level. This, says the Rama, is the whole point of the carbon Pesach. And in effect, it is the whole point of all the carbonics. So according to the Rama, this is a second reason. So we have two reasons. The first reason that he gave earlier in the Marana was that the reason that we need to have the institution of Karbanas is in order to wean the people off their idolatry and all the sacrifices that are attendant to them. Now, you might say, look, don't ask me, you know, don't think this is a good reason because since when is there such a concept of weaning? Well, it says there, um, there is a concept of weaning. Akash Baruch who tried to wean the Jewish people off of their slave-like mentality. They should be willing to fight against the various indigenous nations in the land of Israel. Therefore, he didn't take them directly to Israel from the land of via the land of the Palishtim. And instead, he took a circuitous route. Of course, it didn't work. The Jewish people were still just as scared, just as deathly afraid. In the same way, that attempting to wean them off the sacrifices didn't work. They still were addicted to serving the Gechkas all throughout the lives of, of the Jewish people living in the land of Israel. And then we have a second reason of the Ramah. The second reason of the Ramah is that the reason that we have the institution of the Karbonites is because of the fact that the Jewish people lived among nations that worshipped these various animals, specifically the cow, the sheep, and the goat. And therefore, we are attempting to show in a very actualized way that we do not respect those institutions of, 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 of uh, various idolatrous cults that respect these animals. We think that they're wrong, and we're going to show that we are dying by sacrificing those very animals. Of course, you could ask, but of course, the Jewish people were living in Egypt. So if they were in Egypt, either they were addicted to some idolatrous sacrifice, or they were in the, the country where they didn't do that at all. So, you know, it's, it's a little bit difficult to sustain because in Egypt, they didn't sacrifice the sheep. How could you say that they're, you know, so addicted to sacrificing that they need to be weaned off it? The reality is that even though in Egypt, specifically, they didn't sacrifice the sheep, maybe there were other animals that didn't sacrifice, but there were certainly other places around the world where they did sacrifice the sheep. And therefore, you know, the idea of being weaned off something that other people were doing outside, not necessarily in Egypt, could still potentially have been a reason for him. Even if in Egypt, really only one of the reasons applies, because you didn't need weaning um, if there were no sacrifice. The Ramam is very clear that it's these three animals specifically that are chosen to use as carbonites because these three animals that are viewed as very, very spiritually significant. The Ramam says, uh, the, nevertheless, not everybody can afford an animal. 
So because you couldn't, not necessarily everybody could afford an animal, that's why you have also the uh, the uh, the the birds. That's why you also have the mincha, because if people can't afford that level of carbon, you make it up by um, by still including the the them to have an ability to still to still bring uh, a carbon. How that fits in, given that the Ram only talks about it in the situation of breaking. The, the ideology that the sheep is holy or the cow or the goat, how, how's that by a bird? If nobody considers a bird holy or, or mincha, you know, keep the flower, that doesn't necessarily um, work. But the idea being, since they can't afford it, so you make sort of a light plug that everyone should be able to bring a carbon. That's effectively what his argument is. That takes us through the two opinions that the Rambam brings in the Marnavuch. Now we get to the Ramban. The Ramban is in the beginning of Paris Vayikra. And the Ramban there goes to town on the Rambam. And he says, he's making the Shulchan Hashem Megayel. He's essentially taking the holy institution of the Karbonais, the Mizbechais, the Keteres, the Beis HaMikdash, the Mishkan, and he's making it all a travesty. He's making it all a joke. Why? Because the Rambam is saying that there's no inherent value in these actions. The actions of these karbanas, the actions of these keteris, the mezbecha, all of that is really a hechatimta. It's really a way to justify getting to a certain means. It's, it, it, it's, uh, I'm sorry, the way of getting to a certain end. It's really just a means. The means are either to wean ourselves off idol, idol worship or it's a means of being able to realize that these various animals that are, are, are considered holy are really not. So the Ramban says he doesn't like it at all. And the Ramban bombs out the Ramban with some very big basic questions. The most basic question is, historically, the Ramban seems to be entirely incorrect. After all, Cain and Hevel brought carbonites at the very beginning of time. There were no people else in the world at that time who were serving idols. There were no people at that time who worshipped the sheep or the cow or the goat. For what reason then do we need to denude it to make it as though that that is not really holy? Additionally, Nayach brought a carbon after he and his family were saved. There's only Nayach and his sons and their wives. There's nobody else in the world you can't argue, it's an untenable argument to say that at that point in time, man needed to be weaned off idol sacrifice, or man was viewing the sheep, the cow, or the goat as being especially holy. There was nobody in the world. And yet, if you look at what it says by Cain, the positive HaKadosh Baruch Hu responded to Hevel's sacrifice. Hashem responded to Hevel's sacrifice. Or by Noach it says, Hashem, as it were, had a pleasant smell from the sacrifice. That seems to suggest that there's something inherent in the sacrifice that God is responding to. That there's something inherent in the sacrifice that God is finding to be a pleasant smell. Not at all relating to simply 
a means to wean people off of sacrifice or to wean or to uh, uh, break the back of the ideology that views sheep and goats and cows as being especially holy. So these are um, some of the very basic questions of the Ramban. The Ramban says, it's not to say that the Rambam is wrong in terms of his notion that Kodesh Baruch sometimes weeds us off things. It's not to say that the Rambam is wrong, that Kodesh Baruch sometimes um, wants to break the back of certain ideologies. No, that's possible for sure. But to take the institution of sacrifice, to take Karbanais, and to take them as Be'ach, and to take their Geteris, and to take the Beis HaMikdash and the Mishkan, and to say it's just an, a means to justify an end, it's missing the boat. Historically, we can show that that these are, as, as the Ramban says, that these are Divrei Avai. And the Ramban, the, the Ramban goes again and again, pointing out that HaKadosh Baruch Hu says that it's a Reach Nechayach for him, whatever that means. It's a very anthropomorphic language, difficult to understand what it means. But whatever that language is, it means, sounds to say, that there's something inherent in a carbon that provides a reach nechayef for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And so long as it provides a reach nechayef for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, very difficult to say that the whole value of a carbon is only as a means to a wider end. So the Ramban instead suggests his own pshat. And the Ramban's pshat, which is in part based upon the Ibn Ezra, is as follows. The Ramban suggests that a carbon is a tamura. A carbon is a, an exchange. It's a way of avoiding what otherwise might have been warranted for us. Therefore, if we were guilty of something and we had to essentially become cleansed, maybe that would require self-mortification. Maybe it would require some sort of corporeal punishment. But we have as a carbon that takes it on for us. It is a tamura for us. For, you, for, the, for the person that has something that needs expiation, the carbon comes to take that place. And so therefore, on the understanding of the Ramban, based upon the Ibn Ezra, the nature of why we have carbonics is a fundamentally very different reason. Fundamentally, the reason we have a carbon, according to the Ramban, is because there is something that we need to rectify, something that we need to remediate. And we do that by the institution of the carbonics. It is, as it were, our tamura. It is the means for us to be able to reach a place of kapara and higher and additional levels of kedusha. Additionally, you might say, okay, that might explain chatas, ashram, etc. But what does that have to do with other karbanis nedava? And the reality is, again, that the Ramban would argue that what this does is it enables you to transcend and to go to a higher level of kedusha via this animal sort of giving up uh, its full measure of sacrifice. And that enables you 
to therefore, as it were, transcend and become to a higher level than previously you were able to. So it's not just for a sin, but also um, other situations as well to be able to get to a higher spiritual modality, to a higher spiritual place. So this is the fundamental difference between the Rambam and the Ramban. And I'd like to bring it down in the time that we have left remaining to discuss maybe how it relates to davening. should point out that the Ramban spends a lot of time, let me one final point on the Ramban, the Ramban spends a lot of time discussing that whenever the Torah uses the, talks about Karbonais, it uses the term Yudkei Vavke, not Shaddai, not Elikim, not other things, no. Not Kale, it uses the words Yudkei Vavke, which is a way of attempting to make clear that this is not for HaKadosh Baruch Hu in a way um, that he needs it, that he was somehow lacking anything before it. No, the ineffable does not lack anything, but rather it's for us. It's for us to be able to transcend, to be able to get to a higher spiritual place. As I said, I think it has very practical ramifications. I'd like to share certainly one of those with you as it relates to davening. We know that every morning there are those, probably very few, people who say karbanos. They say karbanos before davening. Karbanos in the vernacular, includes really everything from the brachais all the way to Mizmashir, all the way to Hodu. Karbanais, when you look into it in a deeper way, is actually able to be bifurcated amongst various different things. For example, when you open up the section that we, in the vernacular, refer to as Karbanais, we initially have the parshas of Kiar. We have the parshas of the Chumas Adeshen, the beginning of parshas Sav. And they have different halachic requirements. The Shulchan Aruch in the beginning of Arachayim says that you can only say the parsha of the Karbanais by day. And the parsha of the Karbanais that we're referring to normally would be the carbon Tamid. The Tamid you can only say by day. Why? Because you can only bring the carbon tamid by day. But the Aruch HaShulchan points out that in relation to the parashas HaKiyar and the parashas Tumas HaDeshen, of course you could say that at night. Why? Because the Tumas HaDeshen, like the Gemara Numa tells us, the Gemara Numa tells us that the that they would be termed the Mizbeach, the Kriyas HaGever. They would do it quite early, long before sunrise, before dawn. They would do it very, very early. And the kia they did, they would wash themselves before. So you could certainly read those parashas at night. But the carbon tamid, you have to read by day because the carbon tamid is only brought by day. So you see already a distinction, a difference between the different types of things that we all put under the rubric of carbonus. But taking it a step further, I think... If you look at the Ramam, you see 
that he is bothered by the challenge that the Ramban put out on him. The Ramban basically is questioning him to say, how could you say that the whole purpose and the point of the Karbanais is just to wean folks off of Avodah or just to break down the belief that a sheep or cow or a goat has any sort of a significance. How could you suggest something like that? The Ramam, I think, is aware of this challenge. Because remember, he himself asked the question. If this is the whole point of Karbanas is to wean. And he answered it, yes, sometimes you see Hashem weans. But I think it still bothered him. And I'd like to show you how I can prove it. You see, there's a fundamental dispute between the Ramam and the Ramban in relation to prayer. The way we think about prayer is typically that tefillah comes as a way of replacing the sacrificial, um, the sacrifices that we had, the karbonis, the beis that we had. When Ashalma parm sefaseinu, the Gemara Yuma tells us that having no longer the ability to sacrifice a chatas, just simply do a vidur bedvarim, and it's like hiilu hikrif parv. It's like you bought a carbon. Gemara says that bringing a carbon in two thousand two and a half thousand years ago can today be done simply by using your words. When Ashama Parms of Asena were able to use our words to get the same kind of expiation, the same kind of repentance as we once did with animals. Now, the reality is, I think we think of that not just simply in the Parsha of Karbanas. I think we think of it about it as fundamentally inherent in davening itself. We know the Gemara in the end of Yuma tells us that whoever is Isaac in the Torah Sa'ila, in the Torah Semencha, in the Talmud, etc., it's Kilu Hikrif. We say that. We say that in the Parsha of Victorus. We say that in the Parsha of the Talmud. That if, if, if you're you know, going through these Parshas, it's, you should be getting like a credit as though you were makrivit, as though you were makdirit. And I think that's how we think of davening itself. You see, we hold, there's a machlekes in the Gemara and Brachas, about why we daven. Well, Mandamar says that we daven because of the fact that tefillahs were avayis tiknum. The other Mandamar says that the reason that we daven is because tefillahs are connected to midin tiknun. Either the others were masakin tefillahs or the tefillahs were connected to tamid. You know who the Ramam Paskins like? The Ramam Paskins, not like a Bersibachanino. The Ramam Paskins like a Shuban Levi. Rabbi Shuban Levi holds that the tefillahs are connected to midin tiknun. The tefillahs are connected to midin. And you would be bothered, presumably, by the same problem that bothers me, which is, how could it be that the Rama, who just told us that the whole basis of Karbanais is just to wean people off their idolatrous practices, the whole basis of the 
the institution of the sacrifices is to break down the belief in the cow and the sheep and the goat being somehow special. If that's true, then why would you take the tefillahs and make them so weak too? And make them in such a grotesque way that tefillah is now merely the replacement because we're no longer weaning people off idolatry because we're no longer breaking down their belief systems in, in certain things that are holy that are really not. Why not? Because Beis was destroyed, so therefore we can't do it. So now we have tefillah, which is effectively a replacement to wean people off their idolatrous ideology. Now we have tefillah to break down people's belief systems in, in, in certain animals that they think are holy when they're not. That's the whole point of tefillah. That's the whole point of everything that we do in davening. It seems very weak. I think, as I said, the Ramam was aware of this weakness. So you have to look at the Ramam and Hilchus Tefillah. And the Ramam and Hilchus Tefillah makes it very clear that that is not the reason for Tefillah. You see, unlike the Ramban, the Ramam holds that Tefillah is a mitzvah each and every day. And it's a mitzvah for man and woman. It's not a mitzvah which is deemed to be a mitzvah as man grama. It is a mitzvah that knows no time bounds, and therefore it is applicable to both. Every day in life, there is a requirement to daven. What I think this gives the Rambam is an unbelievable advantage, that now tefillah has its own independent requirement, halakhically. It's entirely unrelated to karbonas. It's entirely separated from karbonas. Tefillah is just as it is, as we do it. We have a mitzvah to daven like God is powerful. Nothing to do with carbonis. It has no relationship to a carbon at all. It's not an ashama parm sifaseno according to the Rambam. It's not because we want to get the credit for being Isaac in the Talmud. Kiyu makr of the Talmud or kiyu hikta the Keturus. No, not at all. According to the Rambam tefillah, exists as a separate strata. It exists alone as its own independent mitzvah in the Torah. What this does and what this gives us is, I believe, a tremendous place to stand on for the Rambam because tefillah is no longer reliant upon a carbon. Tefillah now has its own independent sanction and therefore, look at the Rambam carefully. You see, now when the Rambam talks about the history, the Shalshalas, of how we get to the tefillah today, Rambam says that there's a mitzvah to daven every day, but there's no mitzvah when to daven or the minion of the tefillahs. There's no mitzvah about how many times one has to daven every day. The mitzvah is just to daven. And says the Rambam. But over time, but the Nisqadnuadiris, people no longer knew how to daven. They had to put together a plan in order to be able to ensure that the Jewish people would be able to daven. And they did so, they created the Matbiashal Tfilah. And then the Ramam continues. And the Ramam says, 
that we hold, that we do, a certain minion of tefillas every day. We do a minion of tefillas connected the karbonas, connected the tzmidin, one in the morning, one in the afternoon, and the nighttime, connected the moon, which are agabam is and I find this word minion to be a very key word in the Rambam. He puts in, he's, he starts out the song that you should notice the word minion initially in Halacha Gimel, Perak Aleph, and Nechus Tefillah, where he says that there's no minion of Tefillahs, min Arisa. But then he brings it down after his Halacha Dal, giving him the Shashala, so the story of the Neskatnu Adaris and how we forgot how to daven, and forgot the language. He then brings it back in halacha. Hey, to tell you that we do Paschal Geb Yishuban Levi, but not in the way that we normally think about it, which is Tfilis Keneged Tzmidin Tiknu, that we are instituting the sacrifices Keneged the carbon Tabit. No. I believe that the Ramah, if read carefully, is telling us something very different. He's telling us that the minion of the Tfilis is connected the carbon tummins and the imun agamam is bath. But not the reason for the davening. The reason for the davening is not an ashala parmsifasenu. The reason for the davening is not kil hikr taider tummin hiktik teris. The reason for the tefillah is because there is an independent mitzvah to daven every day. We decided to do how many tefillahs a day? That's connected to carbon tummins. And if you look, and I'll conclude with this, if you look at the Rambam in relation to it's a Paragzai, what the Rambam is dealing with, Paragzai, I believe, um, where the Rambam is, hey, forgetting now, um, where the Rambam deals with the section that we call Karbonites, the Rambam there says that after you finish Berchas HaTera, a person, as they have the custom to be Karyon B'Tera, to read in the Torah. And what do they read? So some people have the custom to read Berchas Kainim, and some people have the custom to read Karben Tamid, and some people have the custom to read both, and they read also from the Mikra, the Mishnah, the Tesafta, the Brises, etc. It could be, if you look in the Siddur of the Ramam, the Ramam has a Siddur at the end of the, end of the, the section, that his reason for saying that the carbon tomate is coming in there, not as an Ashama Parmas of Asenu, not as Kilo Hikriv carbon tomate, no, but rather it's coming in as Kermitera, as just to be able to learn some Torah, because there is a requirement that everyone must learn the minimum amount of Torah every day. And so we are to that mitzvah by saying some Torah during excuse me, during the Berchas HaTera. So the way we have it is that after we say Berchas HaTera, we have in there, right, Berchas Kernem, right, we say Berchas Kernem, and then we say the Mishnah in Peya. So we have in there some some uh, lessons of Tereshe Bechsav and Tereshe Peh every day. So as a result of having some Tereshe Bechsav and Tereshe Peh every day, you get to the mitzvah of Talmud Torah, in the most minimum of ways, as the wedding Mormon says, we are 
allowed to do, but not meant to publicize and promulgate as that this could lead people to think that they didn't have to learn so much. So the way we have it is by the time we get into Brachas, according to the art scroll sitter, you have already been Yitzhi Mitzvah Talmatera at a minimum level. And therefore, after that, it's all for Karbon, I say. But maybe if you look at the sitter of the Ramam, you'll say differently. Look, the Ramam at the end of the day, he didn't have it. He didn't have, when you said Berchas that you were learning Torah. Because he says later on that you say the Mishnah of Peah after he says you say Berchas Karenim and after you say the carbon Tamit. So maybe for him, by the time, you know, after you say Berchas um, since he didn't have like a, a section that was called Berchas this is all part of Berchas So therefore, he didn't call the carbon Tamit Karbanas. It was part of his Berchas It was part of his way of being Mekayim, the minimum of learning Torah. But I think it fits better to say what we've said until now, which is that the Rambam, unlike the Rambam, the Rambam is perfectly happy and content. And in fact, does say that the reason that we're doing the carbon Talmud is for Karbanai's sake. According to the Rambam, the whole reason of the institution of Karbanai's is a positive, inherently a positive. It is a tumura for a human being. So when we no longer have the base of Mikdash, when we no longer can bring Karbanais, so now we replace it. We replace it with our tefillis. We replace it with the section that we call Karbanais. All of that is meant to be effectively a replacement for what the base of Mikdash once stood for, which is that instead of a person passing away or being punished with self-mortification, or other sort of corporeal punishment, that they now have a tzmura, they now have an exchange, an animal can take that on for them. So therefore, when the Mishamekdash is no longer, we now have tefillah, which is a replacement. But then tefillah is inherently valuable in and of itself. And of course, the Ramban does not have a separate mitzvah daraisa of tadavan every day, like the way the Ramban does because he doesn't necessarily need it. He doesn't need it at all. But the Rambam is different. The Rambam holds that the Karbanas were there to wean people off of the idolatry. They were there to break the belief system in the various different animals that they thought were holy in those days, like the sheep and the cow and the goats. So for him to say that the tefillah that we do is simply a replacement for the carbones, would make our tefillah very weak. It would make our tefillah basically have no real inherent value. It would just be there as a replacement for carbones, but carbones themselves were just means to ends. They weren't inherently valuable. So therefore, says the Rambam, tefillah stands on its own. Tefillah has its own independent existence, the separate mitzvah midaraisa every day, having nothing to do with the carbon. Therefore, since tefillah is its own independent mitzvah, mitzvah which is not mitzvah cessation as mangrama, that applies equally to men and women. So therefore, it has nothing to do with the institution or the lack of institution of a mesa mikdash. The reason for the tefillahs is because of the fact that people began not to be able to pray. So therefore, we had to have the Ashley Nesakadela stand in 
to create a matbash of tefillah that we will be able to use in order to be able to make our daily mitzvah of tefillah. And that, says the Rambam, was situated in a number of tefillahs a day, connected the sacrifices that were done daily. So we daven as many times as we brought sacrifices. But don't think for a second that the institution of the of the tefillahs is because of the carbonates. Tefillahs exist independently. And that's why the Rambam, I believe, cautions us with the word minion when he's bringing down in Rishub and Levi's Peshat, when he's saying tefillahs connected to meet him, tick them, he doesn't say that. It's, it's the minion of tefillahs are connected to meet and take them. Just the amount of the tefillahs that we do are related to the carbonates, not the tefillahs themselves. And additionally, when the Ramam is discussing the nature of the, the nature of the section that we call carbonates, the parasha of the Talmud, it's not like the Ramban that's there in the Shalom Parmas of Tarbin. No. The reason that we're bringing the carbon, the reason that we're saying the carbon tummet is in order to be curb at Torah. That you would be, and we will conclude with this, it would be fair to ask on the Ramam. Very nice. So if it's just there to, in order to be curb at Torah, then why do I have to read from the carbon tummet? Why not read from some other place? Why punct by the carbon tummet? That's what I'm reading. On that, the Ramam can tell you the reason that we're doing that, the people had the custom. Well, you could say it was simply the same way that we instituted the count of the tefillahs every day related to the Talmud. So therefore we have, uh, when we occur in Tyra, we also occur in the Talmud and we learn about the fact that they brought the Talmud every day. That is my conclusion on this. And hopefully that helps clarify the different approaches of the Rambam and the Ramban in relation to the nature of Karbonais and how it applies to davening. Have a wonderful Shabbos.